Ha! <laughs> Giddy up! Let's go! <laughs> oh, man. It's been too long, and I am so happy to be here. Uh, welcome to Being Creative. My name is Rick Leaf, and as you know, I'm the host of this show where I talk to myself. And I find myself so interesting. Like, it's just almost impossible to stop talking because I have so many interesting things to say. And and when I get, you know, up a good head of steam and, uh, and some, you know, caffeine coursing through my veins, goodness knows where we're going to go, right? Oh, my goodness. This show, I will be honest, is going to be very different from previous ones because... I have just gotten back recently from the Northwest Territories in um, the northern part of Canada, and I get to go there every year, and I'm so excited that I get to do this. I was in Catlodeche First Nation, and uh, doing for two weeks, doing, oh, excuse me. <coughs> oh, I should edit that. Oh, I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> it adds authenticity. Oh, my goodness. So I was up in Catlodeche, and doing projects with the students at Chief Sunrise, and it was really great. And this trip, more than any trip I've probably ever done, I had an opportunity to spend a time with Roy Fabian, who's an elder from the community, um, previously the chief of the nation. And he was doing a lot of stuff with, around drumming and teaching the drum to the young uh, students and sharing we just had a lot of opportunities to to share and i had a lot of opportunities to just um press record on my uh, cameras and my audio recorders when i was hanging out with roy and today i just want to play some excerpts of just conversations it wasn't me interviewing him it wasn't me asking him questions it was just sitting there uh, listening to him and what he might want to talk about and I'm not here to inter, um, interpret anything that he said and periodically I will interject just sort of what I was feeling and thinking um, as I was listening to um, Roy share these different uh, thoughts and ideas so a little bit different can't wait for you to uh hear uh, what that's all about so without further ado grab yourself a coffee get some caffeine in the veins and uh yeah let's go i'm glad you're here so the first conversation i want to drop us into is uh, we were waiting for students to show up which i thought they were going to any moment and, uh, and then Roy just started talking about the relationship to the land and personal power, and I pulled out the recorder and just let it rip. So uh, let's drop in here. So the, you know, the Inko is actually God's spirit. So if you gain something from the land, I believe without an auditor skill, you gain it, and if you, you cherish it, you understand it, it becomes part of your power. So your personal power is... God's power. You got you too. You got God's power, and so you add to that power with all this power that's out there. And as you get older, you become more stronger human being. And after a while, this personal power, you know, like it's just like instantaneous. You know, understanding. Like after a while, you you just know how to interpret these things. So if you have a dream or and that's where the elders you go to an elder and ask them for help, you know, some of the elders will, will say, Okay, 
like us, we go to another and he, you know, we call him ahead of time, we tell him what's wrong, and he goes out in the lab. He spends the night and he sleeps out in the lab. And when we go see him, he explains to us what the issues are. So that's the way it worked. Huh? So the the elder, you can you know you you they they understand something, but it's almost instantaneous now. Now they understand things faster. So their personal power is going really fast. So you know the elders used to say, "As you as you and actually means he wasn't normal." Because his personal power is so strong, he wasn't normal anymore. So they used to say, and now we say, don't, it means bad. What it means is it's not normal. Tsa, you know, tsa, tsa is like it's away from. Mm -hmm. It's not normal. We don't know how to interpret <coughs> our own language. See, we. All we can interpret is what we understand in English because we're colonized. So we, we don't really hear what the others are saying. I remember I used to sit in all the, you know, denomination meetings, and I used to be the only one sitting there listening because they spoke in Sadie <coughs> and understood in Sadie. I didn't understand everything. But it's just like what the elders say, whatever you learn, you keep it in your heart and eventually you So later on, I began to understand what the elders were saying. You know, and so these, whereas the other leaders, they were used to just leave the table, and they, just like they were having their own meeting outside. Hey, everybody just laughing and they're joking around, and the elders were always stayed in the circle. And they the circle but, was strong. Yeah, but that's what keeps them strong. Right? Mm -hmm. So we gotta share with these kids. You know, we should bring elders in. You know, two or three times a week, and let the elders talk to them in Sweden. That's the way they'll hear the language working. Right? They'll hear the language the way it's properly spoken. I find it so interesting the combination or the the connection between um, being connected to the land um, and language and our personal power and thinking about you know for most of us of you know settler ancestry um, living in uh, having you know we, if we live in cities we have very little connection to the land. Uh, and certainly not to the land uh, of our ancestors, uh, where our, you know, our, I remember, you know, my drum keeper years ago, he was like, you know, when, when I'm talking about where I'm from, I, for him, he was like, when I'm talking about where I'm from, I'm talking about who I'm from, you know, that place where um, not just my, my parents uh, and my siblings, but, you know, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my great-aunts and uncles, and, and this whole history and wealth of understanding and connection to the land, um, where for people, you know, in that situation, he's like, you know, I remember Rob would say, uh, he's like, you know, living back home, I know what plants provide healing. I know what 
you know, how to live off of the land. I know, you know, where to find the things I need here. He was, we were in Lekwungen territory here on the West Coast. And he's like, you know, I, I'm not from here. So I don't know how to do that here. And I remember thinking, boy, I, I have no connection <laughs> to the land. And in my situation, you know, my grandparents uh, came from northern Scandinavia. And uh, I don't know whether my grandparents were colonized before they left or after they got here. All I know is that they didn't, you know, pass on any of the, the language, the teachings, the songs, the stories, the ceremonies, anything from where we were from to my father. So my father couldn't pass on any of that to me because he never learned it either. Uh, and by the time I realized how important that was to me and my journey and maybe my connection to personal power and my connection to understanding um, language and the power of what I'm trying to say in this world or understand in this world, uh, they were gone. So I couldn't ask them any questions. And, and uh, it's been my journey here for the last 10 or 14 or whatever it's been years of trying to make that connection that Roy is discussing here in the connection to the land and the connection to language, just so that I would be able to understand the world and understand my own power in the world. That, that's what I just found fascinating listening to that. Uh, let's jump into another bit of his uh, conversation here. Uh, this is where he's going to tell us a story about the spider story that he remembers elders telling him. Like the others tell stories, and for me, I'm just going on a journey. I'm out there, you know, whatever the journey is. Boy, the stories were incredible. Like one of the stories I always remember is the spider story. The spider is about a, a young man, his name was Naka. His name was Northern and. And he, you know, he, he, he went out, he, he went out, he was, he was trying to find his personal power. So he was out one, one night he made a fire and he slept by the fire. And he slept by the fire and all that. While he was just falling asleep, all of a sudden he heard somebody say, come. So he sat up and looked around him. Nobody was there. So he laid back down and went trying to go back to sleep. Just when he was falling asleep, again he heard that naka. And again he sat up and he looked around and said, What's going on? When do the others used to tell us, when you're out there, watch for things unusual, for things happening that's unusual. You don't. You know, and don't get afraid of things, because everything is there for you. So, you know, so he sat up again, and he looked around, and he laid down, and he said, I wonder where that's, what's going on here? So he, <coughs> so he was laying there again, and he just when he's falling asleep again, he <coughs> not caught. So he didn't sit up, he just opened his eyes, and he looked around. There was a little spider sitting close to him. And so he, he thought, yeah, I hear that what he was thinking. And that spider started communicating with him in his mind. So 
yeah, and so you told them, you know, you're struggling, you want to find your power. And, you know, the, um, in the, I see it to the day in it, you know, I don't know how you explain that, but a mystery, I see it's kind of a mystery. A mystery is taken, is taken uh, pity or I don't know yeah, pity. pity for you. Or, or, you or you know, to the net in the action means humble. It doesn't mean pity. So what he what he was actually saying is, you know, the mystery is humbled for you. The mystery is humbled for you. So they send me, they send me to come and teach you. So I, and then so I, yes, they were talking and the spider told, close your eyes. And when I tell you to open them, open your eyes. And he closed his eyes and, and then the spider told him, open your eyes and he opened his eyes. Big spider. Either he got really small, or a spider got big. I never understood that. But the spider was bigger than him. And so the spider told him, "Get on my back. Get on my back, and and I'm going to take you out. I'm going to show you around." So the young guy came on his back, and he told him, "No matter what." Don't let go, don't, don't get off of me. No matter what happens, don't get off of me. So he, and all of a sudden the spider just started flying. Started flying around, started flying. And first he just flew straight up, and then, and then when he was flying up, this is an incredible story. He was flying up and all of a sudden he came into the sunlight. So that so they knew somehow that the earth and the sun were two different bodies. And the sun was over here and he came out of the shadows, uh, out of the night and he came into the sunlight. And then the spiders started flying towards the sun. And they were flying towards the sun. And, and as they got closer to the sun, they saw the sun was really hot. And they saw lava, they, you know, melted rock, melted matter, everything was boiling. Up. The sun was just boiling. And, and so he showed them that. And he said, this is where the energy comes from. This is where the energy of the earth comes from here. And then the son talked to him and told him what his purpose was. What the son, what his purpose was. And um, the interesting thing is, in, you know, like in the language we call metal sadson. And what that actually means is a sun excrement or 
saw is waste, the sun's waste. So metal is the sun's waste. So the sun explained a whole bunch of things to him. Everything you need to know on how he creates energy and everything like that. And, um, and, and then, so the spider, she doesn't know how long they spent there, a long time, because it took a long time for the sun to, to explain everything to him about himself, how he created and everything. Everything was told. And then the spider left. <laughs> then they went into the universe. They went into the universe and they visited different planets and different constellations. And these constellations also talked to him and told him what they are, what's their purpose, everything. So he, they stayed up there for a long, long time. They went from one place to the other. Everything was explaining themselves to him. And then, so then finally they, they finished. And it took a long time. So they came back, so he came back. And so the spider flew back and then after a while they came back to the earth. So the, the spider, you know, he was going towards the earth and he just flew into the water. Flew into the water and went into the water world. And there's a whole different world under the water. There's a fish world or an aquatic world. There's a world that was totally, you know, just underwater. Everything communicated with each other. So all these little fish and the fish and different animals explained to him what they were doing, what their purpose was. You know, and they, like, uh, and so they, they talked, they talked to him. And again, the spiders swam all over the place in the water, went up the rivers into lakes and different fish, different water, you know, and like they talked to everything. And then after a while, he, the spider came out of the water after he finished. Then, then he flew into the ground, he went into the ground. And again, under the ground, there's a whole different world, a different you know, world down there where you know, there were worms and there were bugs and all kinds of things. And all these things talked to him, explained to them what their purpose was. Even talked to the groundwater and what they did, talked to the permafrost and what their purpose was. And they all explained to him what their purpose was. And uh, that's the interesting thing with the permafrost is they were just like, like underwater, they, under the ground, they talk about these aquifers, huh? these aquifers where that holds water underground. But on the surface, the permafrost acted as, as uh, aquifers on the surface, so they hold water. 
So in the springtime, what used to happen was, when I was a kid, when the snow, all the snow melted, the snow melted, the water just stayed on the land. It just flooded the whole land. Everything, it flooded everything. And only, and all the trees were standing in the water, the willows, everything. All the, you know, the plains and any meadows and stuff, all went under water. And so, they explained everything, so he learned everything about under the, under the, the ground. And then he came out again, and, and he went, he took him into the forest, and there too, all the animals and the trees and the plants and everything talked to him, explained to him what their purpose was, and what they, what they do, and what they have to offer, and So he actually just, you know, they, they taught him everything. And then, um, so then after that he flew, they went into the air and they flew around in the air and talked to all the birds and everything and again talking about what their purpose was and, and everything. And the air also talked to him, what he passed along. Like the ground also talked to him, the water talked to him, the air talked to him, just like the sun, the fire talked to him. So he understood all those elements, began to understand. And then, so after a while he, the spider started flying again and he saw fire and that was his fire. I mean, came back and the fire was, his fire was still burning and he was on, he thought he was gone for years and years and years and years. And he was out there for a long time. And so when he returned, his fire was still burning. And so the spider told him, now you know. You know everything. So keep this in your heart. And someday you'll understand everything and how all the stuff works together. Everything is works together. So you know, then he woke up and he was by his fire. The spider was gone. <coughs> when he looked down on the ground, the little spider was walking away. And, um, and, you know, that young man became a great leader in the community, became a great elder. And, you no, know, he had an understanding of things that, you know, and he tried to teach everybody. And so, but you know that story, I heard different versions of it, you know, different versions. Some of the people are more knowledgeable of the, say, the ground and the water and the fish, some people the air, some people the universe. And so the story is usually told by the individual what their power is. So they have an understanding and more understanding of the fish. The water, underwater, the beaver, the muskrat, even the fish, you know, the birds that float on the water that swim on top of the water, they dive in the water, all those things. 
them or they understood them. And so, no, so they, and as these people, each individual gained certain power, that's, but personal power, not magic or anything. But you don't do, you know, then the people, it wasn't magic. I, I really loved this part that um, it, it reminded me as he was talking, it reminded me of um, another elder I met years and years ago who, uh, who called me down to his place uh, after he'd seen me do a show. And he was like, uh, that elder, his name was uh, Bob. He said, um, you know, Rick, the there's a difference between, you know, being a preacher and being a storyteller. He's like, a, a preacher doesn't trust his audience. A storyteller trusts his audience to make necessary connections, and storytelling is much more powerful. So be a storyteller. And I love that idea here in Roy's um, narrative that he just shared with the spider story, you know, that, that not only is this a story told by elders for you, to hear and to learn from, but even that last bit where it's, you know, depending on your personal power and where you're coming from, the story would be told by you in a way that was specific to you. And that, you know, when it comes to stories and storytelling, that's the power. And as a storyteller myself, you know, re recognizing as I've gotten older and stopped trying to sound like someone else or um, present myself like someone else or, you know, follow any kind of a, let's say, musical trend or video trends that are popular at the time and just to find that connection to telling my own story in my own way that, that plays to my you know, I call it, uh, you know, creative capital, the, the talents, gifts and abilities, experience and education that are unique to each one of us. And I feel like that's what Roy is touching on. That's what I felt he was touching on. That was what I was taking away. And I, I thought that was really important and valuable. And that that isn't some magical, um, mystical thing. It's a very practical thing as you get in touch with your own language and have your own relationship to the land and to language, uh, how that empowers each one of us. I love that. Um, I want to drop into one more thing uh, that Roy talked about. Singing is, is a healing power. So there's different healing powers. Huh? So uh, that's what the creed talk means, you know. And so when you think about the drum, you know, you think about it and you know that when whenever there's like a drum dance it's like a celebration but it's also used for healing huh? and so the healing is the movement huh? right the so dancing is this is movement full body movement but at the same time yelling while you're dancing and so on and then the drummers get up there and they're moving right. and they're also singing, huh? and so that's healing for them. So everybody's healing when, when, when you, you know, so that's kind of a celebration healing right. process. And, um, and then the ceremonies, like the fire ceremonies, about giving thanks to the Creator. 
and giving them thanks for having provided everything right. on Mother Earth so that we have all our needs fulfilled. And because all our needs are fulfilled, we always give thanks to the Creator. And so the fire ceremony is uh, is giving thanks to the Creator, but also giving thanks to the ancestors. Right. So the whole idea being that the ancestors took care of the land mm -hmm. so that today, us, we got, you know, the land to live off of. Right. And so, in the same manner, we also have to take care of the land right. so the future generations will have the land. So you give thanks to the Creator and the ancestors, and then, you know, you pray for the future of the children, of the younger people, the future generations to come. So that's what fire ceremony mm -hmm. is about. And then there's other ceremonies where they, but they don't uh, necessarily use the drum. But there's water ceremonies, land ceremonies, there's, um, you know, uh, harvesting ceremonies. Before the harvest, you do a ceremony. And well, when you harvest an animal, you give thanks for the animal. And, the, you know, the belief being that when when you when you kill an animal, you release a spirit. So by giving thanks, you're inviting the spirit back. So that's that's the whole concept of wow, giving great. thanks, uh, yeah. giving thanks to the Creator. So there's that's that's basically. You know, and then there's the, you know, hand games also right. is a, it's a healing process where only men played hand games. Hmm. Women traditionally didn't play hand games because women did not suffer as much as men and were more spiritually connected to Mother Earth than to, so for them, they're spiritually always and physically, emotionally healthy. But men suffered a lot when they harvest, they go to war or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and you know, the whole, con the whole idea of releasing is difficult. Right. And, because what the people believe, the the people believe that that we call ourselves Dene because we have the word Dene means two words put together, day, which refers to the flow of the river or the river day, and Ne is the earth. And we call ourselves Dene because we flow from Mother Earth. But we're not the only Dene in this, you know. Mm. There's other Dene. All, everything in Mother Earth is Dene. Because mm. everything comes from Mother Earth. Right. The water, the air, the fire, and the ground. Like the, the, 
-hmm. Those all are, the elements are, come from Mother Earth, plus all the plants and the animals. So everything right. comes from Mother Earth. And so, you know, the whole idea of being Tene is about, is we're related to everything. Right. So in that relationship, when we harvest, when men harvest, they suffer because they mm. have to kill. And so they release spirits. They do ceremonies, but it's a right. mental thing. Huh? Right. So the mental issues become difficult. Then if you suffer one part of your holistic being suffers, the other parts suffer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and so the thing they, they, that the people did was they would, every summer they would gather where there's lots of fish. And, you know, like the men, ate, you know, like the whole community ate only fish during the summer. And today everybody knows fish is a, is a good, healthy diet. Mm -hmm. And then the men played hand games. That's great. It's part of a healing. Drum oh, dancing, okay. storytelling, laughter, everything. Right. But someday I'll talk more about it. I don't know exactly what interrupted us right there. Um, <laughs> I, I believe we were, maybe the students showed up, so we were just kind of like somebody was waving us to like, okay, we got to go. Um, what I found fascinating about this story was, uh, you know, I felt, I've always said, you know, that because I spent so many years of my life touring and I would go on the road, you know, every other, you know, couple weeks or we'll go for a week or two and be performing every night, singing at the top of my lungs for a couple hours, um, that... Uh, I always felt like it was just, you know, part of um, a, a, a pattern, a habit, um, that that's what I'd done for years. Um, so that even now when I'm not touring and I'm just at home, uh, still it gets to the end of a day. If I'm cooking or cleaning up and the people that live in this community house with me, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, are subjected to, to this part of my own health and healing, I, there's just times where I have to sing. Um, and I, I don't mean sing lowly and gently and sweetly. I have to sing at the top of my lungs. I, I, I have to sing like Don't Stop Believing by Journey or, or New Year's Day by U2 or um, Under Pressure by Queen yeah, I, or something. I have to sing something that's at the top of my lungs uh, to feel okay to feel healthy and and as Roy started telling that story about you know in screaming in singing in dancing in drumming it's all part of health and healing and there's healing in that uh just the patterns of understanding you know where our our connection comes from to mother earth to creation and the fact that we are all part of that, um, I, I just found this reoccurring um, concept and ideas of connection in everything that Roy was saying and the stories that he was telling. Um, 
it was uh, in my own experience, I could just feel it, um, feel that sense of I've learned here later in my life what it is that brings me connection, and I hope you have too. Um, because I think, you know, one of the things when I, we, we talk about social media, let's say, and look around and, you, you know, when I go and I spend a lot of time in schools and I really feel for students these days, um, young students, even in elementary school, certainly in middle school and high school, that constant um, connection to the artificial world of socials that's all about a disconnect really from each other instead of having conversations we're texting instead of actually sharing all of the moments of our life as we connect to you know the the land and the fire and the water and the air and and everything that Roy is talking about in his stories we're like be behind screens and we're and filters and nothing is real and everything's fake and and if if nothing is real, then no one seems real, and we don't feel real. And I, I watch these students as I come into their classroom, and I used to think that teaching um, slam poetry in particular was about creative literacy and creative writing, and I realized, really, uh, what I'm doing is trying to bring a language to a room full of young people to say, can we get in, can we connect through writing and performance, through you hearing your own words in your own voice out loud in this world, can we find a way to connect that expression with your social and emotional um, journey as an individual? Because, you know, so often in our life we have, you know, this expectation that maybe every day, like maybe every day should be a great day. We, we're only allowed to share the great moments, the happy, upbeat, positive moments of our story. That's typically why I dislike memes and, and inspirational quotes online, because the people will share these quotes or, or things that said by people like Nelson Mandela or or Mother Teresa, or Jesus Christ, or, or people that have like suffered and bled and died and been martyred and lived in poverty and identified with the, you know, the the most abused, uh, subjected um, segments of society, and and from th that turmoil and struggle and and everything else, these people have managed to find a, a morsel of wisdom, and then we throw it uh, onto some photo uh, with a blurry, you know, fuzzy f filter on it, and uh, and put it in a nice script font, and we're gonna ingest that through our screen on our smartphone, and I'm just like, this isn't where these words lived. These words don't mean anything when they're put in this context. These words were meant to come out of the darkest, deepest parts of the human experience. That's where they mean something. That's where they matter. And so I, I think, you know, for, for somebody like myself, I do work in the medium of media and songwriting and performance and video. And I think there's, we all know that there is actual authenticity. There is ways to use that to tell stories. But I realized listening to Roy, that's probably my language. It's probably that idea of personal power and my stories are coming through that way. So I found this so fascinating. I just wanted to share, you know, these were not me sitting down to interview Roy. 
which would have been a little bit different. We would have both been mic'd up. This was just this moments that I had over the two weeks to sit with him and uh, just learn from him and listen to his stories and listen to his teachings and his observations. And and I was kind of keeping it for myself. You know, I was recording them for myself so that um, I could go back and listen to them and process it, you know, moment by moment or conversation by conversation. But then as I've been doing that, I wanted to share that with you. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope you enjoyed learning uh, from this Dene Elder Roy Fabian up in Katladeche First Nation who shared with us about eco uh, and the personal power, about the relationship to land, about the spider story, about um, just all of these different things. I hope it was uh, valuable for you as it was for me. And uh, thanks for listening and we'll uh, see you again next show.